eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Uh, interesting week as we get ready for the Super Bowl uh, coming up uh, a week from Sunday. We've got the Pro Bowl festivities coming up this week. We talk about some of the Browns in there uh, along the way on today's show, but we're also going to get into the big news of the week, and that is the retirement of Tom Brady. And I think we'll all look back in that and say, huh, how did he do against Cleveland last time he played against them? So, Daryl, let's pick up the ball from there and uh, move forward with Tom Brady's retirement. Is this one for real? Allegedly. Now, he has a movie coming out this weekend, apparently. That 84 Brady, I think, is the name of, thi- of the thing. Yep. Um, down a bunch. It looks absolutely terrible. Uh, I'm not going to go see it. Um, he retired in air quotes, uh, on the anniversary of his last retirement, which I really think he should have waited until groundhog day, which is when this podcast is going to drop. I think that that would have been sort of funny. The video apparently was like recorded in advance. They just did a better time, uh, job this time of like, you know, people keeping their mouth shut and not putting it out there that he was uh, officially going to retire. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, he will go down as uh, the greatest of all time uh, in the Super Bowl era because, um, I, you know, as much as 
the hall, even like the hall of fame doesn't separate records now. I just, I think you have to, I think you have to separate the pre Super Bowl era from the Super Bowl era because they're just, they're two different time periods. The game is played drastically different today. Uh, in some cases, the game is harder to play today than it was back then. But in other cases, it was harder to play football back then uh, than it is today with some of the you know player amenities and stuff like that. So I think in the Super Bowl era, he's the greatest of all time. In the pre-Super Bowl era, I would have to give that to Otto Graham. Um, I see that too. I also wonder when, you know, we throw around things like greatest of all time. Okay. I mean, what does that really mean? I mean, does, does that win you an argument at a bar over a beer or is that saying that, okay, this guy had these Super Bowl rings. So that's what makes him great because he had Super Bowl rings or was he truly the greatest to ever step on the field as a quarterback? And I think the, you know, so I guess the question is, is there a difference between GOAT, greatest of all time, and the best quarterback? Is that a fair question to ask? Yeah. I mean, you look at the NBA, everyone, you know, is arguing is it LeBron? Is it Michael Jordan? Is it Kareem? Um, is it Bird, Magic, right? I mean, there, the list goes on and on as far as like the GOAT conversation. Who's the greatest right. basketball player of all time? You know, who's the greatest football player of all time? Mm-hmm. Um, are you Jim yeah, Brown was? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would argue Jim Brown uh, was. You look at the records that he set and in the timeline in which he set those records, right? I mean, they didn't have mm-hmm. 16 game seasons back then. They played 10 games and, and he jumped out pretty quick. Thanks to Mr. Well, Odell. So, right. But you understand, like, so um, he amassed. You know, 1,500 yards. We talked about Nick Chubb this past season joining Jim Brown as the only two players in Brown's franchise history to rush for 1,500 yards in a single season. Well, Jim Brown did that in 12 games. Nick Chubb did it in 17. Now, I'm not discounting Nick Chubb's accomplishment. Don't misunderstand me. But my point is that Jim Brown did it in fewer games, just like um, rushing titles. I mean, you know, baseball, home run titles, right, Uh, are, are, are... are those equal because of whether it's steroids or games played? And that's, I think, part of the debate in any sport, football included. When you look at the record books, Andy, and the disparity in the number of games played uh, versus the achievement. So um, I, I just I, I said it on your show uh, Wednesday afternoon. I don't believe that there's ever going to be another quarterback to win seven Super Bowls. I just, I don't see it happening. It's just, it's so hard to do. I've covered so, and you have to just, we've covered so many playoff runs in a variety in, in all three major sports. Um, mostly Cavaliers slash NBA guardians, Indians slash major league baseball. Not so much the Cleveland Browns. They have basically chosen not to participate uh, in playoff races uh, over the years, but um, it's extremely hard to win a championship. And as the playoffs are ever expanding, Major League Baseball, NFL's, you know, it just expanded their playoffs last year. They're probably at some point going to expand. Like, it just becomes harder and harder to get to that level to win a championship. So I just, I don't think anyone's going to touch Tom Brady with seven Super Bowl rings. I, I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think, 
it's the rings that bring the whole thing together too. Cause I, I mean, I could make an argument for, I mean, to me, you know, growing up a Joe Montana was that guy. Um, you could make the argument for Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre or, you know, pre, you know, pre early Super Bowl Johnny Unitas, um, Peyton Manning. I mean, there are a number of names that you could say greatest of all time. And I do think, you know, if you want to hang the greatest of all time on Tom Brady, that's fine. I don't really have a problem with it. Um, especially when he flashes his rings. So, um, I don't know. I just think it's one of those bar arguments that sometimes we get at and we're like, oh, he's a goat. He's a goat. But let's be honest. I mean, it's it's really what it is. It's not like there's a goat Hall of Fame for all the sports. So it's just well, about that is bar. Not, that's actually what the Hall of Fame is. It's for all the goats. It's for the greatest of all times. That's what that's what a Hall of Fame is, right? Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily know. I think Hall of Fames are celebrating players of excellence um but they're not how can you be the greatest of all time there can only be one there can only be one greatest of all time true mm. greatest of all time Correct. it's the plural part of it <laughs> that gets into that <laughs> and then the, the greatest too, of all time i don't know i mean like as games um, emerge as games um as games emerge the greatest of all time in you know 2023 isn't going to be who they thought the greatest of all time was in 1976 or, or 1946. So yeah. I think you're, you're bound by eras and you're bound by um, your own memory to try to think of who is the greatest of all time. It, it, you know, the other question that comes in, what quarterback would you want to have the ball with two minutes uh, to go at the 20 yard line and the game on the line? I think that's another way to look at it. You could say John Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, one of those two. Or John Elway in the end of his career. Why hey, you say I'll, that? I'll go a step further. Who would you want to have the ball in their own territory with 30 seconds to play trailing in a game? Tom Brady. Right? Probably. Or Patrick Mahomes. Or Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Like I, the, the, in the, their the prime. The cardinal sin that you could do in a game is to give Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes time. Right? I mean, that, that, that's the cardinal sin. Cannot give them the football with any time on the clock. I'll buy into that. I'll buy into that. All right, let's come back. We'll do a couple more things here. I want to get into uh, salary cap issues. I want to talk about the Browns. Um, I also want to talk about the coaching carousel that's going on in the NFL, too. So it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. 
It's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder along with Andy Baskin. Quick reminder, mobile sports betting finally legal here in the state of Ohio. BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. See all of today's best bets by heading to BetQL.com or downloading the BetQL app and claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 923 the fan for exclusive sportsbook offers. Daryl, we were going to get into this in the last It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Uh, the salary cap was released earlier this week, about $16 million to play with uh, a little bit more, but we think that the numbers are going to go up even more next season, right, with all the gambling money that's been infused into some of the things that are going on. Plus, you've got some new TV stuff going on. I don't know if that was included in this, but can you just explain to me what the salary cap is? Because it seems to me that it it is a big deal, but it's not a big deal, and teams seem to figure out a way to get things done. And do you think the Browns will have any salary cap casualties? That's the bigger question. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll have some uh, cap casualties here. I'm looking up the NFL Players Association uh, salary cap report the, this past year the un see there's two numbers there's the unadjusted cap number and that's the number that's put out there okay so last season the unadjusted cap number was 208.2 million dollars per team however because of the browns uh you know carryover and 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 things like that uh they ended up ending the season with uh according to this 27.587 million in room if i'm reading this correctly um and so that is what they will i guess carry forward that number just doesn't seem too right to me though um mm. uh maybe they're a little behind they must be behind updating i don't know it's just 27 and a half million seems like a, a much larger number to carry over because they carried over from 2021 into 2022 they carried over 10 just under 10.6 million in space. So basically you take your you take your carryover number from your previous year and you add it to the uh the the unadjusted team cap number and that becomes your individual team salary cap. So the carryover actually for the Browns from 2022 the unused cap space which by the way I think this is one of the greatest things that got added to the collective bargaining agreement was this cap carryover year to year for teams. Um, and so that gets added on to the salary cap. So the Browns are going to be fine. Um, I, I'm not all that worried about where they're going to uh, I, like, they're, they're not going to have to cut a bunch of guys to get under um, the, the salary cap. Okay. Um, that's just not, going to happen now um spotrack uh who is one of my uh, favorite websites to use to track player contracts okay um lists the browns and yeah and you know what i was right the rollover is 27.587 million dollars from 2022 to 2023 which means that the browns adjusted salary cap is going to be north of 252 million dollars hmm. now their active contracts right now according to spotrek brings them out to um 262.65 million dollars so they're about 10 million over and i just don't think that's going to be a problem uh, their top 51s, a little more. So 
they are going to be uh they're going to have to trim 14.2 million and change off the off their cap to be in compliance now they have until the first uh till 4 p.m of the new league year which is like in mid-march so they've uh, got to trim 14 million off of the current roster is what you're saying right right off of off of the 2023 salary cap okay which begins effect i believe it's march 15th um which is when free agents can be signed that's when the new league year begin when the new league year begins that's when the 2023 salary cap uh takes place or you know but they can start to talking back. to them does that sound right to you they oh, yeah yeah, they can, they can, yeah yeah and here's the thing too people have to understand is that contracts have built into them most contracts not everyone but most contracts have boilerplate language built in to where you can take annual salary mm-hmm. and convert that into signing bonus and here's basically what that means okay, okay. that the team cuts a check up front Okay, signing bonuses get paid up front. That's upfront cash. So instead of them getting a paycheck every 17 weeks with their salary, what they'll do is they'll be outside of the the base veteran salary, they'll convert the the remaining big chunk into a quote signing bonus and that allows them to prorate that salary over the remainder of the contract thus lowering your salary cap figure. So a plain math example. Let's say somebody is scheduled to make $20 million this year, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. They have four years left on their contract. The Browns could take that $20 million and say, hey, we will cut you a check for, let's say, because I think the base salary for a veteran is like around $3 million, something like that. So we'll we'll cut you a check for $17 million right now. Wow. Okay, well, now you take that $17 million and you divide by four. And that basically, so instead of having like a 20, uh, you know, $20 million salary cap hit, you can lower that cap figure down to like five. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. So they, yeah, that makes sense. That's the salary cap of gymnastics that you're doing. Yeah, about. the New Orleans yeah. Saints are the kings of this. And the reason I know this is because, well, I'm a Saints fan. Sure. Um, they wiped out. Last year, like $80 million in salary cap space in the span of 25 minutes. <laughs> That's crazy. True story. Like they were like, they were in ultimate salary cap hell and they wiped out, uh, like it, it felt like $80 million in like 20, 20 minutes. So it, it's, it's not tough. So the easiest thing for the Browns to do, Andy, is Deshaun Watson. His base salary is $46 million for next season. His salary cap hit right now is fifty four point nine million. Wow! So how you uh, so he's basically twenty one twenty two percent of their salary cap for twenty twenty three. So what you do is you go to Deshaun say, hey, uh, I'm assuming he has this language in the contract. Hey, uh, we're going to go ahead and convert uh, forty three of the forty six into a signing bonus. Uh, we'll scratch you a check. And then we spread that out that, you know, 43 over the remainder you know, of your contract. And now all of a sudden his salary cap hit goes from like 55 million gets basically cut in half, if not more than that. And now poof, there all of a sudden you've got your salary cap remain the same thing with like miles Garrett. So miles has the second largest salary cap hit. He's at just over 29 million. 
and his cash that he's going to cost is um, <clears throat> going to be uh, $17.25 million, okay? Right. Um, so they, there's just ways they can maneuver and, and work around this stuff. So the easiest thing is converting salary to signing bonus sure. and prorating that. And then well, the other- I mean, you're taking, like you said before, you're taking Kareem Hunt off this, right? Because Kareem's not right. going back next yeah, year. Yeah, Kareem but- Hunt's gone. Um, like John Johnson could be a post-June 1st designation, which would clear eight to nine million in cap space if they decided that he's not a fit or, you know, they just, uh, you know, don't want to bring him back for, for that kind of money and that kind of cap hit. So there are things that they can do to so. Like when you look at it on paper right now, it doesn't look good. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Well, there you yeah, go. Well, this has been math with Daryl Ryder. Thanks for joining us today. We it's it's a little more involved in that, but I'm trying to like keep it as simplistic as possible. But as like just as, few, to, as long as I can use an abacus, I think I'm good with this stuff. So just a few strokes of the pen. It, it's it's kind of like accounting. Right, I, so what about bringing in new guys then? How much money do they have to do for that? Or do they right have to, now? Well cash they have whatever the haslams are willing to spend gotcha um so they're going to want to they're going to have to get all this done before the new league year okay so it wouldn't shock me at the end of during the combine when all the agents are in town if andrew barry touches base with a few agents about guys that are on the team hey uh you know we're you know old jammed on the cap numbers here we cash is not a problem but we need to restructure. Maybe we extend, whatever. Um, so, like for Deshaun, hit $8.9 million of his cap figure is a signing bonus figure. Uh, for Miles, $4.2 million of his cap figure is from the signing because that signing bonus they get gets stretched out over the length of the contract. You throw some void. It's same like what the Buccaneers did with Tom Brady, right? right. They signed him to like one or two year deals. They put th- four or five voidable years on the back end of the contract. It allows them to spread stuff out. Now, where you run into the problem is, let's say the Browns, and this is just for a, an example, okay? This is not a proposal on my end by any stretch. But let's say the Browns wanted to cut Miles Garrett, right? Okay. They would take a $35 million salary cap hit to do that. And the reason why is because the remaining signing bonus that gets prorated over the remainder of the contract now all of a sudden becomes a, a in air quotes, a balloon payment in sure. capology. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. I guess. So like Deshaun, if they wanted to cut Deshaun today, he would be a 219.9 million dead cap hit. Because remember, his contract is fully guaranteed. There's right. no, you know, so right. it's it, those dead cap figures are very important. And the good news for the Browns is they don't have a lot of dead cap. They only have about seven point seven million in dead cap next, you know, for twenty twenty three. So they're fine. Like the numbers are scary now when you look at them and you see, oh my God, they're going to be fourteen point two and change over the the cap when the new league year begins. Andrew Barry will break out his BIC number two pen and or whatever it is he's to write with, and you know, boom, it, it it snap of the fingers. At yeah. some point, the salary cap bill comes due, but right now the Browns are perfectly fine in salary cap space. So please, for the love of everything holy, stop freaking out about the salary cap. 
no one is freaking out on this show. That's for sure. All right, let's come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the coaching carousel that's going on in the NFL and some other Browns news. Well, we can do that too. So it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, so here we go with the coaching carousels going on. We've got a couple different situations, but first let's start uh, in Denver with Sean Payton. And um, I don't know, good fit for the right team. Let's see what he can do with the quarterback situation there because uh, Russell Wilson did not live up to expectations by any means. So have they fixed their problems in Denver? No. It's a splashy hire. It really is, but and I love. Look, I will forever be eternally grateful. Uh, 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 Sean Payton, um, got got me the ring in New Orleans. I'm good, but I have reservations about Russell Wilson and whether or not he's washed. Uh, I will say, if Sean Payton can't fix him, then uh, the Broncos are up the creek without a, the proverbial paddle. L- l- you know, let's let's be real about it. I mean, they're they're basically counting on Payton to come in and fix Russ, right? Right. I mean, I, I don't know what I'll, another way to look at it. My other question then for you too, and we brought this up on the show while you were on the on the air, on the broadcast show, would you ever trade for a coach? And they had to give up a first-round pick for him. Yes, I was in favor of the Browns trading for Sean Payton. So I can't be a hypocrite here. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know that I'd want to give up a first-round pick for a coach. Um, you know, hey, Bill Belichick, was traded for the Patriots traded for Bill Belichick. That kind of worked out, right? Uh, John Gruden, the Buccaneers traded for John Gruden. They won a Super Bowl. That kind of worked out. So, I that's kind of like this. That's got to be like the standard, right? If if you trade for a coach, you're expecting to win a Super Bowl. Kind of like the Browns trading for Deshaun Watson. I'm kind of ex. I shouldn't say expect. I should never expect anything when it comes to the Browns. But um, fans' expectations. Are pro- or that he's going to get them to a, a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, right? I mean, that that's the whole point um, of making a trade like that. So I, I just, you got to go through Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, man. It, it sucks to be in the AFC West. It really does. Similar to it sucks to be in the AFC North because you got to go through Joe Burrow and the Bengals now, right? Um similar to what it was a couple years ago when you had to go through Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but that, I mean, that's just the reality. So um, it's a splash hire by that new ownership group who, by the way, is spending a crap ton of money right now. Yeah. They're like dropping a hundred million dollars on stadium improvements. Uh, you know, they're not only did they trade for Sean Payton, 
they are giving him 17 to 20 million dollars per year um i they are spending a ton of money in Denver. And as you know, with any ownership of any business, at some point, the owners are going to want to return on their investment, right? Absolutely. And right. so they're going to want to return on their investment at some point in the Mile High City. And that's got to be in the form probably of a Super Bowl. All right, let's go to the next one. Demeco Ryan's now uh, head coach in Houston. And we knew they were going to have, I mean, that's going to be an interesting situation where you've got a new young head coach, the former 49ers defensive coordinator. Uh, the team has a ton of draft picks, thanks to the Browns and uh, some other maneuvering that they've done. So it's also a return for Ryan's, who is a former linebacker who started his career as a second-round pick there in 06, um, and he spent six seasons there. What do you think about the Ryan's hire in Houston? Hopefully he survives more than a year. Like, I just felt like that job was toxic. I don't care what assets they had available to them. Because, quite frankly, I just – I did not like what they did to the – two previous head coaches. Like, what the hell were your expectations? It, you fired those guys for not meeting expectation. My question to you then is, as an owner is, what on earth were your expectations that they didn't meet? I, I firmly believe that they fired Lovey Smith because he, he won that final game and cost him the number one pick. I think that they were going to fire him anyway, which is probably the reason why Lovey Smith went and won that game, right? to stick it to him and say, well, all right, you're going to throw my ass out the door, but you're not getting the number one pick in the draft. Chicago, you're welcome. Um, but I loved like, it. I loved it. I did too. Everybody but, loved it. Yeah, but I, I just, I I hope that he gets the opportunity that the pr previous two guys didn't get. That they, you know, I think it helps that he's a former Houston Texan, like you mentioned. Um, I know everyone's like praising it, um, but I kind of fear like it's a Hugh Jackson 2.0 situation, right? I remember it smells that way. Like as we talk about it and describe it, it feels like everything you had here. And then are they going to keep? I, I don't know. I, I would hope they give him a chance. He had a six-year contract. He was smart. So if they, yeah. it does. You know, he get, he's getting paid for the next six years. So good good job on his agent, right? Um, but yeah, I, I just I'm not a real, I'm not a fan of uh, how the McNairs have been running the Texans in recent years. So it's. Uh, I mean, good for him. It's one of 32. I get it. Um, he obviously has some emotional attachment to that franchise being a former player. I just hope that they set him up for success much better than they uh, set up the two previous guys to fail. Any guess on what's going on in Arizona? That seems to be a uh, carousel of fun out there right now. You've applied for the job, haven't you? I, I, actually, I haven't. I and My okay. contract for, forbids me, but... Um, I, I'm trying to ask to get out of it so I can get the gig, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do. I, I have no idea. I'm interested to see if if Kyler Murray's in their future, right? Right. Yeah, I think that that's part of that whole uh, dynamic. Um, it, whether or not he ultimately ends up being the future there, because Klingsbury, like they, yeah, they they fit together. There's, but there's no guarantee that he's gonna. He's going to fit with the new guy. I, I mean, look at the situation in, in Tennessee right now. Mike Vrabel, I saw a quote Wednesday afternoon, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, yeah, you know, getting, you know, just figuring out with the new GM what we both like and what's going to work together. I'm wondering how that's going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've got Mike Vrabel, the clock on him leaving the Titans at some point here in the near future. I've got that start just because, like, typically – Shotgun marriages, 
and we know about this in Cleveland all too well. Right. They don't, they don't work well. Now, certainly, if you've done your due diligence uh, as far as your hiring process goes, hopefully you've hired a GM that has the same philosophy as Mike Vrabel. I don't know. Um, Glenn I, Cook, I, I've said this before. I think that if Ohio State ever opened up and Vrabel had the opportunity, he'd go there. Yeah, well, I clearly believe that Mike Vrabel, if he had the chance, would the go good news back. Is, is is Glenn Cook is still with the team, so right. it's it's you know it's not back to back off seasons where they lose key members of their front office. Um, but that's what you want as an organization too, because that means you've had you have quality people. When, I mean, look, let's be honest about it. for years and years and years. N- nobody wanted to touch the Browns front office with a 10 foot pole. And typically when guys left here, like they went back to like, you know, assistant GM or pro personnel style jobs. Um, So it's good that Andrew Barry has people in his front office that other teams want to speak to and interview. Glenn Cook's going to be a GM. I, I think next year he's going to be a GM. Um. But yeah, it's I am I am curious to see how the Tennessee Titans situation plays out here. I'm going out on him and saying this is probably Mike Vrabel's last year there. I'm just going to go when, out they, when they made the move in the beginning though, it made it sounded like it was very pro Vrabel, but now I, you know, you start talking about it a little bit more, you have to wonder what it's going to be like just for uh just for the fun of it. Just remember all the stuff Hugh Jackson said when he was here, yeah, right? That's and, true. And, yeah. and, and and behind the scenes, him and Sashi Brown were going at it round and round and round, right? But in front of the cameras and microphones, he was out there playing the good soldier. Trust me on Cody Kessler. And that's you know, I just did he he oversold one one of his many sins here is he oversold things, right? right. Organizations make a mistake of overselling when they don't need to oversell. And when you're a BS artist like Hugh Jackson, well, that it, <laughs> you oversell it. And then when you don't deliver on the overselling, you look really, really stupid. Right. Yep. And, and that's what you, that's like the balance you have. Cause you want to keep your fans engaged during a rebuild. Right. You don't want to be like, yeah, we're going to suck. So don't bother paying any attention to us. You don't want to do that. But on Correct. the other hand, there's the reality of, well, we're probably not going to be as good as you hope we're going to be because we're going to we're going to take this short term pain so that we have long term gain and sustained success. And uh, it worked in Cincinnati to a charm. Hasn't worked as well here in Cleveland, um, but hopefully Kevin Stefanski this year can kind of get that ship turned around with a full year of Deshaun Watson. Well, Daryl, it has been a fun one. We'll do it again over the weekend. Uh, that'll be our next, well, not next weekend, next Tuesday. I'm a little bit off-seasoned here trying to figure it out. When we come back, we'll talk about the Pro Bowl, and we'll have a big-time look at the Super Bowl as we move ahead um, with the playoffs. And we'll talk about, you know, Vrabel, or not Vrabel Bowl, but Kelsey Bowl, which they don't like it being called, but we'll talk about that. Uh, we've got a lot of things that we're going to talk about on the next edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. For our amazing producer, Meredith Kane, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland.